the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about, including Lululemon came out with great earnings yesterday. Um, it's a stock that I'm intrigued by. It certainly had its ups and downs, uh, more ups and downs, which is what you want. Growth stocks tend to hit a problem every now and then, and they certainly hit one. With their CEO making pretty sexist comments, with a product launch of black yoga pants that were a little bit too sheer, revealing a little bit too much to how they handled all that. Um, sometimes expansion is also kind of on the tough side. I want to say congratulations. Um, you're a proud new papa. Americans are finally having more babies. After low single-digit birth declines during the recession years, America finally saw growth in births stabilize in 2012 and 2013. That rate finally turned positive in 2014. Um, there's actually a, a baby analyst out there. Uh, women, <clears throat> you know, the population of the United States right now, between 20 and 39, is starting to get to that age, and the average age of new moms where a headwind should be more than offset by the combined benefits of a good environment in the U.S. consumer and above average growth in the core parental age. So we're having old babies. Mom, I'm having a baby. <laughs> well, you should know that's going to cost a lot of money. Anyway, with that being said, let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Joining me now. CFP Chad Burton. You can hear his show Monday through Fridays here on KDOW from 1 to 2 p.m. New Focus on Wealth. Mr. Burton, let's talk about Roth conversions. What is a Roth conversion and why should I care? Uh, Roth conversion is when you say, okay, I've got an IRA okay. or 401k and I want to pay the taxes now and put it into a Roth IRA so it grows tax-free for the rest of my life. And it's an account that you can access as long as it's been five years and you're over age 59 and a half, you can access it tax-free, all of the growth, contributions, everything for the rest of your life. Now, who would want to do a Roth? Who would want to pay taxes now? Well, people that are that are in lower than average tax bracket. 
So it's a lot easier to, to have this conversation when you're in states like Washington where there's no state income tax. Okay. But in California, you have to deal with state income tax and federal tax. So if you have an account, you have an IRA, you're like, hey, you know what? I'm at – I'm going to be at a low tax bracket. Like I've had – one time I had an engineer from Intel take an 18-month sabbatical. They just needed some time off. They're taking a sabbatical. It's something they allowed them to do. So very low tax bracket because he was living off cash while he was off vacationing and doing some things he wanted to do. And so we were able to convert a large amount of his IRA over a couple of years at a very low bracket, a lower bracket than he'll ever be, um, and pay the taxes now. But the key is is he had cash outside of the accounts to pay okay. the taxes. That's the other reason why this is the only time it makes sense is when you have cash outside of the account to pay the taxes. You have to have cash on hand and be at a lower bracket. And where this comes in as well is that high-income workers, they, they end up, if they have diversified assets, in other words, they have cash, they have brokerage accounts, and they have pre-tax accounts in 401ks, between the ages of 65 and 70 and a half, you can enjoy a very low tax bracket. But by 70 and a half, you're forced to pull money out of your IRAs and 401ks, even if you don't want to, and your tax bracket starts to go up. So there's a sweet spot at retirement where for that five-year period, if you do your calculations right, you can convert. You say, okay, I'm always going to be at a 25% bracket at once I hit 70 and a half. So I might as well convert enough of my IRA each year to max out that existing marginal bracket. So boom, by age 70 and a half, not only do my required minimum distributions go way down because I've converted large chunks of my IRA, but now I have this big tax-free account that I can draw on for the rest of my life. And another benefit of a Roth is that you can you don't have to draw on it at any point in time. or right. So you, can, you, don't, you can't keep funding it. Right. But you don't have to draw on it. So yeah, there's no IRA funding after age 70 and a half. It's not allowed. But let's say you're grandma, right? Yeah. And you're realizing you're looking at your grandkids, and you're sitting there with your pension from IBM, Lockheed Martin, something like that. And you're looking at your grandkids and saying, you know, they're going to have issues getting health care. Okay. They're going to have no pensions. Social Security is probably not going to be around for them. I want to leave them some sort of a legacy. Well, if grandma's got, you know, this great big IRA that she just doesn't even need, she's just taking her minimum required distributions and doesn't even want that because she's saved enough or has a pension, she could convert that large IRA to a Roth IRA. Really? And when she does that, she doesn't have to take required minimum distributions anymore. She could leave child, grandchild as the beneficiary, and when she passes, that child can roll that IRA account, that Roth IRA, into an inherited Roth IRA and have a tax-free account for the rest of their lives. It's one of the best assets you could leave somebody as a Roth IRA. Nice. And so the, the, that grandchild would just take a little bit out each year based on their life expectancy. They could take out more if they wanted to. And, you know, it's a great – you can call it grandma's pension to the grandchild. So. <laughs> grandma's pension to the grandchild. Yep, that's right. That's kind of interesting. It's – it's not going to be marketed by Fidelity that way, I get the feeling. <laughs> no, it's not. You know, that's we, we're running out of time. But that's something that I want people to realize, that like 529 plans, they're, they're accounts that are marketed. Um, it's something to think about. It's like just think about money a little bit differently. Always question, do you really need this, or did I just see a commercial for this? That's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I absolutely appreciate it. Um, San Francisco, 
San Francisco. It can be incredibly annoying, right? I know you know that. I'm not saying anything that's crazy. San Francisco can be annoying. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, a couple years ago, they banned plastic bags, and they started charging for plastic bags. And a couple months into it, everyone's okay with it. Like, some of these things get through that we're like, I don't want to wear a seatbelt. I have a God-given right to wear a seatbelt. And then it feels weird wearing a seatbelt, and then suddenly everyone's wearing a seatbelt and fewer people die. Um, so San Francisco officials are doing something that's going to be kind of annoying. They're trying to, they did a soda tax that failed at the ballot, which I would have liked to see hit. Um, soda's tied towards rotting teeth. And teeth are really expensive because they're, it's tough to get insurance on dental that's worth anything. So they're basically saying, hey, if you want to advertise in our city on billboards, on walls, on the sides of cabs and buses, we're going to put a, a warning on the soda advertising. Liquid sugar is the new tobacco as far as public health advocates are concerned these days. Uh, Berkeley approved a soda tax last year, the first in the country to do so, even as San Francisco rejected one. Davis, a college town that's pretty close to Sacramento, the capital of California, is requiring restaurants to serve milk and water as the default drink for children's meals. Um, this is a pretty strong statement. Do you invest in Coca-Cola or Pepsi, or do you sell Coca-Cola and Pepsi because of these kind of stories? You realize how powerful they are. And it's like tobacco companies. You don't invest in them because they're going to grow. You invest in them because they can pay a dividend. I mostly agree with that as far as Coca-Cola goes. It's a good dividend-paying stock. It's not, at this point in time, unless they go out and buy Monster Energy, which sponsored the Triple Crown uh, winner, um, and got a ton of coverage. I don't see a lot of growth. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Black talking money, investing, and more. What did you think would happen? Brand new song out. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Please don't ever be shy. Anything you seriously ever want to talk about, we can talk about. The uptick in babies, good for the economy. The millennial is a different effect on the economy than Generation X. Um, Apple Music. And why do I say the, the millennial? They don't necessarily have to have a big house. They just want to live a good life. Uh, so the American dream is changing. So please note that. Apple Music uh, storms in the battle for streaming tunes. And they're a little late for sure. But I think they'll do well. They've added some twists, including more artist interaction. 
made done easily. You're talking about 100 million songs uh, or 800 million users, you know, millions and millions and millions of songs available, more so than what Spotify offers. And Spotify, this is all going to become a commodity. And who does it best as far as social and interaction will be important. Let's bring in CFP, or let's uh, do a little real estate with Tony Mendez. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, major credit reporting companies like Equifax, Experian, and Hans Union have changed their complaint systems to let people fix their errors a little bit easier. Um, any thoughts on this, Mr. Mendez? Um, yeah, fixing credit is, is – it used to be a big task. Um, they wasn't pretty clear on how to do it and who to go to. Uh, now you have Equifax, TransUnion, and Experian. They have great websites. Um, even some of these uh, bureaus offer free credit um, – monitoring and, and things like that. And you go to places like Credit Karma. I mean, th- I, I think being proactive with, it, with your credit is the most important thing you can do. Get a copy every year and just double check it. If you're not monitoring it with one of those, you know, handheld apps or something like that. But Eight million people a year challenge their credit reports. Yep. That's a pretty big number. And now when you provide documents, the agencies, the credit bureaus have to forward the material to the creditor, letting you state your full case. Earlier, it was kind of a brick wall system. Now you have a little bit more clout. And again, what I found is that it's as if they don't care. So if you give any sort of document saying, I did not, I did pay this mortgage on time, and the mortgage company's like, okay, you did. They're not going to challenge it because they don't have the time, the money, the resources to. That's what I'm hearing is that these, the, the, that department, that complaint department, yeah. they're, they're going to just say, we, we can't dispute this. We're, you know, and they have 30 days, the bureau, to remove it. So it's a challenge. And that's why a lot of people are, are challenging it more often. If you do have a mistake or anything on it, challenge it for sure. Yeah. Now, we talked about a, a web app like Credit Karma. Um, it doesn't actually pull your credit report, which is important because a lot of people don't realize, and I was recently on a plane and uh, you know, the, the airline's like, hey, fill out a credit card report or fill out a credit card and you know, we'll give you 25,000 free miles. Uh, but you have to do it by the end of this flight. Otherwise, it's not good when you land. And uh, I saw a lot of people filling out credit card. Like, and again, that's the airline industry is now making more money from credit cards than they are from baggage fees. Um, but baggage fees are important too, because like if you get a credit card, you can now get your bag to f- fly free for you on some of these things. But it seems like a lot for you. Just to me, I, I don't know. If I want my credit pulled on an airplane. Like that just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah, th- there's a difference between a hard credit pull and a soft credit pull. Yeah. Um, and that's probably a hard credit pull, and it can affect your credit. Sure. Uh, soft credit pull would be something where a credit card company is on a monthly basis checking to make sure that your credit score is good or when they're renewing your credit card. Um, when I run somebody's credit, it's a hard credit pull because I need to get all the information on it um, and not just your credit score or any other uh, kind of easy data. So uh, from a plane. but I'm just surprised at how many people want yeah. you know, perks like that. Uh, you, you know, what, you, what credit card do you use or what perks? I use United. <laughs> Which is but funny. you don't even fly that much. No. So how but many? My miles? wife does. Okay. So does she fly free usually? Yeah. Because y'all don't. We we pay, uh, we use credit card pretty much for everything and then pay it off. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So. And we just build miles and miles and miles. And now we're going to switch over to cash back ones. Okay. Pretty soon. So there's some great websites where you can go look at the the max cash back banks and and credit card companies. Bankrate.com. For yeah. Instance. Yeah, they do that. Bankrate's a really good place to shop for credit cards. You know, something about credit. But you know what? This was, was interesting. Um, 
Southwest recently reduced their perks by about 15%. So you think you get a dollar for a dollar kind of thing? You don't. Um, That's what they don't tell you is you can start, you can build a bunch of miles and they can switch that. Yeah. And any of the cashbacks or anything that, that you credit credits you get, and they can switch the kind of denomination that you're getting. Because they're using like this faux currency inside of your currency. Yeah. So it's not a dollar. It's a point. So they can change what points to get you and don't get you. And they do it all all the time. A friend of mine's pretty pissed at Southwest for recently changing their term. So she went out and booked as many flights as she could because it was the time to do it before the, the terms changed. Um, Hawaiian's got a good good deal. But again, it's it's only if you fly. Yeah, only if you fly. Yeah, yeah. it's like getting a, a timeshare. Why get it if you didn't use it? Yeah. There you go. It's Tony Mendez. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. Smells dying. It has been for years. I did a story a couple years ago about Coca-Cola ditching voicemail for its employees. Why? It's pricey is the answer. It's $10 a month per line. And J.P. Morgan announced this week that it's hanging up on voicemail for tens of thousands of workers at its consumer banking division. I have a voicemail account at Crom, the TV station that I work for. I don't have one in radio. I'm not sure why. Oh, yeah, it's because I don't have a desk. <laughs> and no one calls me. Um, but the point of this is it's inevitable that technology of the 20th century will give way to those of the 21st century. Um, who needs it when we're, when we're all tethered to our digital devices, whether it be a mobile phone and or a watch at this point in time? There was there have been stories that go back, you know, three or four years predicting the demise of voicemail. There was a 2013 article in the Harvard Business Review that concluded the truly productive have effectively abandoned voicemail. I don't listen to voicemail. I see if you call me, I call you back. And like two or three days later, after we've had our conversation, I'll listen to voicemail when I'm bored and delete it then. So things are changing. Lululemon came out with a pretty good quarter, and they're trading higher today. It's a yoga wear maker. I like athleisure. I think it's what people 18 to 35 are spending money on and mobile phones. And there's not a lot of competition in athleisure. You know, you go Lululemon, you go Under Armour, you go Nike, and you're basically done. General Electric in the news today, they're taking a major step in exiting banking. The industrial conglomerate is selling its private equity lending unit to Canada's largest pension fund for about $12 billion. Dave and Buster's, if you've ever wanted to eat bad food and play video games while watching sporting events, it's the restaurant for you. It's a restaurant and arcade chain boosted its revenue and profit view for the year after it posted better than expected first quarter results. Sales up 14% from a year earlier, driven by a 53% increase in gaming revenue. Haven't been into a Dave & Buster's recently. I should check it out. You can find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com.
Joining me now, Patrick O'Hare, Chief Market Strategist, Briefing.com. How are you, Patrick? Hi, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good. Now, the markets seem to be kind of taking a cue from yourself. Last couple of days, we've had, I think, three down days. Are we going to go for four, somewhere along those lines? I may not be right on the facts there, but I think that's correct. Um, pullback, correction, anything that we should be worried about? Uh, it, well, you know, I mean, we've talked for, well, several years, <laughs> and we've uh, mentioned the fact that you haven't had a, a an official correction, if you will, defined as a 10% pullback from a high in the S&P 500 for, you know, basically three years now. So uh, to say that the market is overdue for a, a pullback of some note is, uh, is an understatement. Um, but, yeah, you know, what we're seeing here, we think, though, lines up essentially with um, you know, with underlying fundamentals, right? Um, we've had three very good years here in a row, uh, double-digit returns. Uh, that's taken the S&P 500 multiple uh, up to a, you know, an area that we could, term, could characterize as being a full valuation at, in the neighborhood of about 17.5 times uh, earnings. Um, so you have full valuation pitted against earnings, for share growth that is decelerating and is projected to basically be unchanged uh, for calendar 2015, uh, and interest rates that are moving higher. So uh, in the face of those uh, two very important uh, factors, uh, it does make some sense uh, to us anyway that uh, this market is sort of grinding its way uh, sideways. Uh, it's really having difficulty breaking out. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so we're seeing a little bit of a pullback here. Got a little bit ahead of ourselves, I think, uh, in that first quarter reporting period, which was okay, but it certainly wasn't gangbusters. Uh, and uh, everyone's just kind of just waiting to see, uh, you know, what's next? You know, we're in that kind of like no man's land right here between the next earnings reporting season. Uh, and so uh, it's also, you know, the start of the summer vacation period, and so volumes are down. Uh, so it doesn't look like anyone's showing a whole lot of conviction at this point, and, and uh, currently uh, the uh, forces that are prevailing uh, are moving to the downside. With that said, you and I, I'm, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I see down as okay. I see down as, you know, I, I hate to say it, a Homer Simpson reference, where his wife went out, goes out and buys a $2,000 pair of shoes for like $1,600 He's thrilled that she, she's thrilled that she got him on sale. He's pissed that there's still sixteen hundred dollars. Um, I like anything on Wall Street on sale, whether it be a day, whether it be a month, whether it be six months. I'm, I don't want three years, but I like the down move in a market because it gives me a chance to buy stuff that I like at a cheaper price. Right. I, I don't disagree with that, Rob. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, given how we have run here um, in uh, at times uh, in a somewhat uh, worrisome way where, you know, complacency is high and uh, and the, you know, reflex uh, action is simply just, you know, buy stocks because there's nothing else, you know, that can beat that alternative. Uh, and because interest rates are at zero, you just, you know, buy stocks. And then it's kind of like predicated on this idea that you, you know, you're not going to lose if you buy stocks, right? Uh, because there is no alternative. Well, that's you know obviously not the case. I mean, there's there's risk in doing that, but uh, these pullbacks that you get here uh, do allow uh, you know valuations to improve uh, in some instances and creates opportunities where you can 
uh, take advantage of, uh, you know, of reduced prices to start, you know, building some longer-term positions. So um, that ultimately comes down to one's risk tolerances, their time horizons, their needs for cash and, and the like. Um, so, uh, you know, but it's not unreasonable to think that the market would, would come back somewhat. Uh, like I said earlier, you've seen three consecutive years of double-digit gains and five out of the last six years of double-digit gains. Um, so a period of consolidation is certainly in order. What else are you looking at right now as far as concern or issues? Not necessarily concerns, but issues. Because like, we've hit the overvaluation market correction theme pretty well. What else should we be looking at? Well, you know, you've got to watch, uh, you know, spending activity, really. Um, you know, that's been the missing element here uh, in terms of driving the economy as far as, you know, consumers have not uh, unleashed this pent-up spending potential that supposedly was there with the drop in gas prices and, you know, rising um, uh, level of employment that's creating a higher level of earnings. Um, and, you know, it's an open debate as to why that is. You know, some people will point that, you know, monies that went toward discretionary purchases are now being allocated to, uh, you know, health care premiums, you know, that have gone up. Um, some might conjecture that consumers are spending more because some of them who took out home equity lines of credit uh, 10 years ago are now facing, uh, you know, the the, the full amortization of those products. Uh, so what that means essentially is that they're not only they're not just paying interest only on those lines of credits. They now have principal and interest to pay down, and they can no longer draw on those lines. Uh, so maybe they're, you know, they've started to, you know, build up their savings in anticipation of needing to uh, uh, spend more on debt reduction versus, you know, other things they'd want to be paying for, but. In any event, um, you know, consumer spending is close to 70% of GDP, and if that's not uh, cranking up, GDP growth isn't going to crank up, uh, and so that's a really important thing that people need to keep an eye on in terms of the trends there, and later this week we'll get the retail sales report for May, um, but, you know, one data point that, you know, does not a trend make, but uh, keep an eye on things like that because uh, it will be an important driver for the broader economy and monetary policy as far as what the consumer ultimately decides to do here uh, in the second half of the year or can do. You spoke of the word consumer and doing a radio show and a television show in the Bay Area. A lot of what I talk about, not a lot, trends. America's living longer. Insurance is probably a good investment. America's living longer. Drug stocks are probably a good investment. But one of the, the big stories to me is the consumer, the millennial. Um, is that part of your key research, or are you more of a demographic guy, more of a quant guy, more of a, uh, a research or trend? What, what do you look for? What's describe you to me, so to speak? Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a macro guy, I guess, if you will. You know, I look at the market okay. from a top-down perspective. So I I would uh, you know, basically take into account, you know, what you know what's going on in the broader economy, and and from there. Uh, you know, distill that down into what parts of the market might ultimately do better based on where we think we are and where we're going with the economic cycle. Um, you know, demographics will ultimately play into that. Um, you know, the millennials are, are obviously going to be a very important generation. Um, they have changing attitudes, changing tastes uh, from older generations, obviously. 
that can't be dismissed. Um, and uh, so, yeah, you know, I would take, you know, consider that, a, you know, an important uh, group to uh, certainly look into and to uh, figure out, you know, the, 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 you know, their changing tastes and what that potentially might mean, you know, uh, over the next several years and decades for that matter. Um, and so, you know, with respect to that, what we learned is that, you know, the millennials right now are, are you know, they, they entered the job market at a very difficult time, you know, and so their um, uh, spending potential perhaps is not as great as prior generations that, you know, we're entering the job market at comparable ages, um, and that's you know leading to reduced levels of household formation. It's uh, prompting a lot of you know millennials to delay uh, marriage um, and to delay you know having kids, frankly. And so there's some long-term effects of that. Um, but yeah, you need to pay attention to uh, to uh, those broader uh, demographic shifts, certainly. <laughs> okay. Um, for me, it's good financial media. You know, it's easy to talk about. Um, sometimes talking money can mm-hmm. bore the listener, so I have to kind of find the sexy stories inside of the, of the market and kind of focus on them. Uh, you've recently written a little bit about oil prices and the relationship with airlines. Um, is the airline party over from a stock perspective, or do you think there's another lift up? Well, they, they, you know, have in a way become their own worst enemy because, uh, you know, they have uh, increased th- their capacity and essentially, you know, are adding more planes. Uh, and it appears that they've uh, driven capacity growth beyond demand. And so what that ultimately does is create some pricing pressures that, uh, you know, uh, weigh on revenues and, and uh, flow down to that, you know, bottom line. And so the concern is that, you know, profit growth won't be as strong as it was once thought it could be. Um, you know, low, low oil prices are obviously good for uh, airlines, you know, in, in, generally speaking. Um, there was a warning out of United today, however, that lower oil prices have hurt its business uh, because it does a lot of business out of the Houston area, which, you know, certainly has a lot of energy companies. And so it's not seen um, – uh, as strong a business from its, you know, its business traveler as it has in the past, and that's probably, t- you know, tied in part to some of the, you know, the downturn in oil prices that is pressuring, you know, the budgets of some of those energy companies. So, thanks very much. That's Patrick O'Hare, Briefing.com, Chief Market Strategist. I read his material, page one. Start my day with it. Great website, great content, international business, economic, and much, much more. You can find out more by going to briefing.com. an investment in Carter's and Children's Place. If you believe the story that I'm about to say, Americans are finally having more babies after low single-digit birth declines during the recession years. America saw the growth in babies grow. 
I know you're saying, why is he talking about babies? Have you had a kid? Do you know how much they eat? They uh, need to be clothed. They need car seats. They're a big part of our economy, and it's, it's a good thing. It's a good sign, because down the road, we need babies to get jobs, to pay taxes, to pay Social Security. To, like, it's all part of a cycle. Parents lose romance, and I think it's a good business thing. You know, you're young. Honey, let's go to Mexico. And she goes, I'm going to bring something special to wear. And, Ooh la la! And then that money's gone. But when you have a baby, you're like, Honey, my baby needs to be in a good school district. You buy a house, and you pay yourself rent every every month. Instead of paying rent to said crazy guy in San Francisco who pees in the backyard while you're in, on vacation in Mexico. Ooh la la! So instead of going to raves all night till 2 or 3 in the morning, plur, plur, plur. Um, and that money's gone. You're you know, saying, I'm going to get a good, reliable automobile. And you get insurance, and you start protecting the people that you love. Samsung's most famous endorser, LeBron James, gave Apple watches to his new team to show his appreciation, which is, again, interesting because even though I, I butchered the language English, I said, LeBron James, who is an endorser for Samsung, gave Apple watches to show his appreciation. Last year he made a, a, a pretty famous Twitter gafe. Is it gafe? Is it gafey? Is it goff? Is it gafoo? He basically badmouthed Samsung and its Galaxy phone after the phone deleted everything in it. He said, one of the sickest feelings I've ever had in my life. And then he deleted that tweet. Um, so giving out Apple Watches, not Samsung wearables, tells you that Samsung sucks. And he doesn't want to be seen as the guy who's giving his teammates suck. Suckage. Sukaj. Suckage. Um, and it doesn't really reflect well on the company being endorsed. So Apple is more popular amongst professional athletes is the bottom line. Chipotle. 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 Like uh, they're offering the part-time workers. What did you say? I like the way you say that. that thank you. Chipotle is offering part-time workers tuition reimbursement and paid leave. Now, you have to work there for a whole year before you get it, and they're giving that already to salaried workers. But they're going to pay 90% of your tuition, books and fees, up to the IRS limit of $5,200.50 per year. And they get a worker who is ultimately a little more loyal, might stick around for that extra little perk. Crew cashier and takeout specialist. Mm. Now, the next story is very Homer Simpson-esque, but this is a publicly traded company. Dunkin' Donuts thinks that delivery is its future. We are such a, a, a nation of fat Oompa Loompas that we now want donuts delivered to our homes. Mm. I'll go one step further. Oh, nuts. I'll go one step further, and I'll actually chew the donut and spit it in your mouth like a mother bird with a baby. So you don't have to get off the couch. Um, mobile ordering of pizzas makes sense to me. Pizza delivery is a great concept. Do we really need bread that's fried in a jacuzzi of grease? Nah, we're just going to have to invest in diabetes drugs. 
invest in healthcare because that's where we're going here. Um, the delivery service could be launched sometime next year. It's still very much so in the development phase, they say. But there's companies like uh, Postmates that's partnered with major fast food chains, including McDonald's, Starbucks, and Chipotle. Chipotle. Baby, let's go to Mexico and get some Chipotle. Ooh, I'll wear something special. Ooh la la! <laughs> I don't have any more um, Mexican hat dance. It's probably the most offensive in the world, but I kind of like it. Because it's right up my alley, if you know what I'm saying. I know you're saying, did he just do a segment where he talked about chewing up a donut and, and basically vomiting it into a, a, your mouth? so that you can have your, your <clears throat> diabetes sugar-induced coma push upon you even faster. And what's the business story out there? Again, it's healthcare. But Chipotle is also kind of a competitor of Starbucks. And yesterday I talked about how Starbucks is, I think, really well positioned to compete with McDonald's. And I can tell you that McDonald's is, you know, the redheaded stepchild, which I love redheads, so I don't understand that. Um, I love redheads. I find them incredibly attractive. Um... I think it, it's like, ooh la la. But McDonald's is struggling to gain gription. That is a word that's patent pending. So you're not allowed to steal it. Um, they're gaining gription with, you know, breakfast, Starbucks is, and they're doing better with lunches. They're doing better with dinners. Um, and they'll continue to experiment. You know, Starbucks has talked about potentially, uh, you know, store-wide alcohol. So that, you know, after four, when you don't want caffeine, you can come in for a beer, have a meeting there, jump on your Wi-Fi, have a beer. 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 Mm. It's a little bit too early. But I'll take a fresh one. Um, 32% of children and teens in San Francisco are overweight or obese. And that's one of the reasons San Francisco is considering labeling soda as bad for you. It rots your teeth, it makes you fat, and leads towards diabetes. 32% of children and teens in San Francisco are overweight or obese. That is such a tragedy. When teens have issues with image, and we're just, you know, getting them fatter and fatter, oh, I have to go. Bye. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, 
whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.